Well, folks, it is upon us draft day. Kenny Pickett's big day here on Thursday, April 28th. We will decide and hear finally where Kenny Pickett, Pitt's great quarterback, will land. Will he be the first first round quarterback since Dan Marino for the Pitt Panthers? We will discuss that. Ian Cummings from Pro Football Network will join us today. We will talk about the final evaluations of Kenny Pickett for both him and I. We will get talk about his projections, where he can go, and what might happen tonight. It's all coming up today on the Locked On Pit Podcast. Our Locked On Pit, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, folks, welcome into the Locked On Pit Podcast as we are here as usual. As always, thank you for making the Locked On Pit Podcast your first listen every day. If you are listening to this, make sure to leave a review, leave some feedback. If you are watching this, make sure to like, comment, subscribe, do all that great stuff. Turn on the notification bell. Now, before we get into it with Ian, I do want to make some declarative statements myself about Mr. Kenny Pickett because I do want this kind of single profile where I can just talk for about seven minutes and give you guys my unfiltered thoughts on Kenny Pickett. We'll hear Ian's thoughts. You'll hear a little bit more of my thoughts, but I want to give a lot more about kind of what I think of him and what he's done. Obviously, it's just so great to see what he's doing for the program for Pitt, right? And so having that ability to just bring Pitt to a new level, Pitt could have done this without Kenny Pickett. And let's let's be real about that. You know, Pitt doesn't do what they did last year without Kenny Pickett. And so he turned them into a winner last year. And so it was really special to watch. And I think that was one of the really fun things about that entire season. And now you kind of see it all work around and you now get to see him potentially become a real NFL quarterback. And it's beautiful because he had so much progression over his years here at Pitt. He was such a fun player to watch, but he could never get it quite together. Remember folks, two years ago, some of you in that fan base were thinking about benching this guy. Now he never was, and not whenever was a contention, but he is really coming into his own. He really is coming into his own. And he continues to look solid and solid and solid. And then he goes out and just he, he plays the best season of his career. You know, it, it started to come together at the end of 2020, but it really hit home in this class. I mean, in 2021, he was something different. He was accurate. He was doing all the things he did out of structure, making great throws off structure, doing them off platform. He was doing what Kenny Pickett did and what we knew Kenny Pickett could do. And it was really something to watch because Kenny Pickett really put together what I believe was one of the more special seasons we've seen. You know, from a pit player, this was one of the more special seasons we've seen. And again, he was accurate. He ha- he's got great athleticism out pocket, can throw off different platforms. That touchdown against Tennessee always is going to stick out. So is that touchdown against Virginia where he throws cross body. There's going to be a lot of those plays where you're like, man. 
this guy's a this guy's a little different. This guy's got a little bit more to him than what meets the eye. He's really a very, very, very fun player. And Pitt hasn't had many guys like this come through. Now, the arm strength isn't great. It's it's average. Again, he has the requisite arm strength. He passes a lot of thresholds, but I'm not sure he's going to be able to make some dynamite tight window throws. And we talked about this. You know, he might have a little bit of overconfidence in that arm at times. But he's Kenny Pickett. He's kind of, you know, this gunslinging type of guy that is a really fun watch. And so, yeah, it, it makes sense that that would happen. But Kenny is going to do what Kenny does. He's going to be a great leader. He's going to be great with you know, the tangible side of things. You're going to get a really special type of leader in Kenny Pickett. And I think that's what a lot of teams are going to look for in him. Because he is that special type of leader. He, he's got that special spark. Everyone looks for. And it, it's, it really is kind of that special one-two spark that you don't see everywhere. But he's got it. And he's got some real real upside I think at the next level to be a a long-term starter and you know I think he's almost already there I think you know there are issues the hand size is going to be a thing you know I I don't put a ton on the hand size but I do put you know fumbling on it but I'll say this if he ends up busting out the next level and he's not good it's not going to be because of his hand size and if he's good certainly not going to be because of his hand size nothing the hand size is just going to be one factor it's never going to be something that pulls you one way or another. And that's, I think, the big kind of takeaway from that is that your hand size is not going to change who he is fundamentally as a player. And so that's not really the biggest issue. His biggest issue is going to be his pocket presence. And we'll I'll talk about this later in the episode, but he's going to have to learn how to stay in the pocket and trust his protection a little bit more. And that's the one thing I think Kenny needs to do. And Pitts had some absolutely wretched offensive lines for him to play behind. And 2020, they were really bad. And he got hurt, of course, had surgery on that ankle. And you can definitely see that probably being one of the reasons why he became a little bit kind of paranoid about it all. And he kind of started developing some bad habits in the pocket. But he's got to rein those in. He has to rein those in because – if he can't, he's going to run himself into a lot of sacks. The fumbles will go up, and it all won't be good. So that'll be something to watch. But I think you're getting a really solid player here. I think you're getting a, a guy that at his best can be a Derek Carr-like player. I think you're getting a guy that can be that real special type of player. And and I really do think that that this is a guy – that can bring you a lot of different things to the table. And this is a guy that can moreover be a long-term starter. And that's really what I want to, you know, talk about here is that I think he can be a long-term starter. And we'll talk about that with Ian best fits for him. I think there are a few best fits. I think new Orleans though is the best fit for him overall. I like that fit. I like what Pete Carmichael does there. I like what he does uh, from the intermediate to the middle game. I think that's where Kenny's going to thrive. It's not a super complicated offense. Kenny's going to be able to get a lot of rhythm drops in. You know, they throw a lot of comebacks, deep nine routes. They throw a lot of posts if they go deep. It's kind of the whole Kenny Pickett route tree mesh they run a lot of. You know, a lot of the whole thing. You know, Kenny Pickett has run this a lot. It's very similar to Mark Wiggle's scheme. I think he'll be able to fit in beautifully there. So that's my favorite fit for Kenny Pickett overall. And I think that's ultimately if I have to land a prediction right now. I'm going to land a prediction where I think Kenny Pickett lands. I think he's going to land in New Orleans. That's my prediction 
I think Kenny Pickett becomes a New Orleans Saint. Uh, I could easily see the Panthers. I could see the Panthers. That you know, not discrediting them. I could see that happening. But I'm going to go with the New Orleans Saints taking Kenny Pickett. That's my feel. That's what I think is going to end up happening. All right, folks. Let's go to now Ian and I talking a little bit about Kenny. But first, I want to let you know about Bet Online. Because, folks, BetOnline.net is the number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting, playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. BetOnline, where the game starts. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Locked On Pit Podcast. We continue to do Locked On Kenny Pickett Week, but we are, folks, we are at the final stop. And that is, we are at the Kenny Pickett Overview. We have talked to all the guys from the teams to where he could go, and draft day is upon us. And so it is time to talk Kenny Pickett, where he's going to go, our final evaluations of him, and all of that. That is what this is all about. And as usual, I have brought in my guy for the NFL draft side, Ian Cummings, I had Ian on here back all the way in September when we were talking about, you know, Kenny at the beginning of the year. And I'll say it, I think that Ian called it in terms of where Kenny would end up going first round. He was the only, remember, Kenny wasn't thought as a first round pick. Ian, you said that all the way back in September that he could be a first round pick. And well, uh, it's probably going to be one. Yeah, for sure. Now, I will say in any other class, he'd probably be more of a day two guy. Like that that's another factor playing into it is the talent around him. You know, like uh, I think that's always kind of a factor. But like if he was in last year's class, probably QB five or QB six. But hey, I mean, take advantage of the opportunity that you have. Take advantage of your surroundings. He's certainly done that. Uh, you know, I, I thought he had the upside for sure. And then he compounded it with a with a phenomenal 2021 season. And here we are. We're talking about him consistently in the first round conversation. And you look at the other quarterbacks on the board and you got to think that Pickett has a little more certainty than a lot of them. So I'm thinking that might drive him up. But yeah, he's, he's in the first round conversation for sure. Now, I don't even know if I expected this much of an ascent, but it's been cool to see because, you know, you look at how he was, you know, respected in that pit locker room, you know, a respected leader for a long time, and especially back in 2020, putting the team on his back at some points, you know, playing through injuries. He's gone through a lot to get at this point. So at the very least, you got to respect him. Yeah. And I think it's really been something to watch with Kenny and, and how he's grown over the entire year. And I think it's been something to really actually marvel at, to be quite honest with you. Um, the, the growth and the ascent, as you've said, all the way up to potentially no six overall to the Panthers. That's his ceiling, I would imagine. Um, but that that's the talk, right? Sixth overall to the Panthers. And then really it's down 32 to the Lions. And, and I think that's probably his floor. So I think we're looking at a first round quarterback here, which is the first first, first round quarterback in pit history since uh, Dan Marino. So, that is significant for the pit program as well. Um, but when you look at Kenny Pickett, what what did you end up doing? I know we've talked about him a lot on this podcast. Where did he end up on your board? Where did he end up on your quarterback rankings? Overall, as you viewed him more and more, where do you where are your final thoughts on Kenny Pickett before the draft? Yeah, so he is my QB one still, you know, and I think that there's a caveat here. It kind of depends, especially if you're talking about different teams. It depends on what your situation is coming in. Like a lot of the teams that have a knee at quarterback also have bridge quarterbacks in place like Pittsburgh with Mitch Trubisky 
the Lions with Jared Goff, the Falcons and Marcus Mariota. So if you have that bridge quarterback in place, you have some flexibility to make bank on upside. So I could see a team like that preferring Malik Willis or Desmond Ritter over Kenny Pickett. Because while I do think Pickett's ceiling is higher than people have been letting on, like I don't think he's a career backup or anything. Like some people, like I, I do think that he can be a solid starter for sure. But you look at Malik Willis, you know, has that elite athleticism, that rocket arm. You look at Desmond Ritter, who I do think has a bit stronger arm and is very athletic as well. You know, maybe you look at the ceiling element and you want to take one of those guys. So I can understand situationally in this class, especially it's very close. And none of these guys are in my top 50. So, you know, it definitely the baseline level of talent is a little bit lower. But looking at what Kenny Pickett provides overall, you know, in kind of that, that holistic summation of the parts, you know, I do think that helped him a lot in my grading. I think that, you know, first off, we got to talk about the athleticism and the physical traits because I don't think he's bare there. You know, the arm isn't it's not elite in terms of strength you know once he you know testing the deep range especially those deep passes the velocity can wane in that range and i think that's kind of what knocks him down but i do think he has enough arm strength to generate velocity in the short and intermediate ranges and i think if you want him to be that facilitator he's got that for sure and i do think that he could glean a little bit more velocity from his throws because I do think there are times when he can step into his throws a little bit better. A lot of times, the back of the pocket, getting kind of happy feet, a little frantic, and isn't always able to step through and fully transfer his weight forward and get that hip rotation. He's very good at getting that hip rotation, but stepping in and driving through is something that he can improve on. So I think he could get better velocity in that sense if he can improve that. But we can get to the pocket presence later because that is something he can improve on. Uh, but I do think he's very athletic. I think that kind of gets glossed over at times, but he can create. He's actually got pretty good short short area agility, uh, pretty good burst in open space. He's a competitive runner, you know, and then in the pocket too. I think at Pitt, it's going to be interesting because he didn't go through full field progressions a ton. He showed he could do it, uh, but not a ton. And I think the, the main thing with Pickett, and one thing that really gave me solace in his evaluation is even though he's not always going through full field progressions, you know, even when it's kind of a hot read where you kind of know where you're going, He's very good at using his eyes and, and using that pre-snap recognition to manipulate the field. You know, not every quarterback in this class has that awareness of, you know, my eyes can create windows and it can close windows based on where I'm looking, right? So Kenny Pickett, his eyes are always forward on the drop back or he's always drawing a linebacker to the left. Maybe if there's a slant on the right side, opening up that little window, he you can tell on tape that he has that conceptual knowledge of how to use his eyes effectively. And that is, is a big building block for me mentally to show that he has the understanding to improve in that area. And then just having the, the baseline physical traits to be a starter, you know, and the, and the competitive toughness as well. One of the more accurate quarterbacks in this class, very mechanically sound. I think that the muscle memory with his mechanics too, like his process isn't always perfect. He's got scissor feet on the drop back sometimes, a little frantic with the feet, but he's one of the better quarterbacks in this class at consistently snapping back into congruence and getting that front foot in the right spot. And that's big. You know, I think that recovery ability with his mechanics at the very least can save him some trouble in the NFL. And then the off-platform ability as well. That was one of the first things that turned me on to him a couple of years ago was, you know, off-platform, this guy's generating velocity and he's throwing with accuracy. You know, he's got that elastic arm, even if it's not elite in terms of strength. So to me, a lot of the tools that can help him succeed early on and I think give him a higher ceiling than is being led on right now. So I'm a, I'm a fan of the well-rounded profile that he has. And I think that, you know, he's trending up, even though he's an older prospect. I love it. Uh, that's kind of the whole point of Kenny Pickett for me too. I think this dude is a well-rounded prospect and I'm in total agreement with you about the ceiling, by the way, I think the floor is higher than most think too. I think his floor is backup. Like I think that's his floor. Um, I yep. think his mid-level type guy, like a Teddy Bridgewater type, uh, and then you have his ceiling. 
I'll say this. I think if he improves a little bit, his ceiling could potentially be like Dak Prescott, someone like that. Um, nah, maybe not as good as Dak, um, but somewhere around that type of player. I, I can see similarities between those two guys. Um, I, but like in that Cousins car tier, I think that's yeah. where you their know, car is kind of the one that stands out to me is the max, the mm-hmm. top end comp for sure. I do. I think that like if he can improve his pocket presence again, because I think that was the biggest thing for me is yeah. that, you know, he's shown in flashes that he has the toughness to stand in. But it was few and far between. A lot of times, if he even gets a hint of pressure, he's rolling out or his feet are getting, you know, he's getting happy feet. He's stepping back and fading back on his throws. So, you know, he's got to fix that for sure. And I would rather have my quarterback be a little too skittish than a little too oblivious. I don't want him getting blindsided, right? Pickett is very good at at evading the pocket. But at the same time, he can create a lot of unneeded chaos for himself, implode plays. You know, you never want to do that. Sometimes you got to take what's given. And sometimes to do that, you got to stand in the pocket, even if it gets a little uncomfortable for you. So, yeah, I think think, as you said, though, that's his biggest problem. At least to me, that's my that's my biggest problem with him. And in terms of like tangible things he can fix. He's not going to fix his arm strength. You know, his arm strength is always going to be slightly average to maybe a little bit above average. His hands are always going to be small. It is what it is. I I, again, the hand size thing. I don't think either of us make too much big of a deal about it. It hasn't been a huge issue for him. The fumbles are the only really concerning thing with the hand size. And by the way, that's why to me, actually the pocket presence is even a bigger concern because if we're talking about ball security and you're going to be running yourself into sacks, well, then you take a little bit more precedence on there. I think that's his biggest issue. I think it's why does he have to escape out the back door all the time? Sometimes you'll just see him kind of actually like just do like a a hesitant step, like fake out in the middle of the pocket and do like essentially nothing. And then, and then he'll start rolling or he'll just reset and throw it again. And it loses in two seconds and sometimes didn't hurt him because it's college and pitted a pretty good O-line last year. Um, but it's not it's not going to work the same way in the NFL. Like someone's going to swallow you up at that point. And um, there's, there's, there's moments on tape too where he has an open man. And it, all he has to do is stand in for an extra half second and just deliver that throw. But a lot of times, like, and you can tell his eyes are in the right spot too. He sees that open man. You got to stand in and throw, man. You got to deliver that pass. And what he does is he hesitates, and then at that point he, he drops his eyes and gets frantic and rolls out, and you've lost that man. And now you're in that scramble drill, and you might not have receivers on your side of the field. So what could have been a gain, a first down, turns into a throwaway, a loss of down, or maybe even a sack if you're not careful, or a turnover, as you said, with the fumbles. So it, it's just that way of you know keeping the play under your control. And he has the ability to do that if he stands in, but he doesn't. his poise isn't quite where it needs to be for that right now. It's it's not there just quite yet. Now again, I think he's tough. I think he's got the great intangibles. I think he's accurate. I think your progressions thing is pretty keen too. I actually think, and this is something that's kind of interesting. I don't see many quarterbacks do. I think when he's working front side progressions, you know, when you're going from a high low front side and you're just hitting one two, or say a triangle read when you're going one two three right here, I think he's actually really good at those. It's actually when he has to flip and go back side, I think, is when you see a little bit more kind of a rise, at least from what I've seen. It's kind of when he can't see that other side of the field. He takes just a full second to like, OK, I got to process this when you have to have kind of that magical vision where you just already know what's on the back side of the field and you got to throw it right away. He kind of takes this extra hitch. And in the, again, at the college level, he was able to make those throws and he has really good ball placement, which also helps him. But because he's thrown over the middle of the field so much. Those those are going to be smaller windows, and so you're going to have kind of – you're going to have to get it, get it, get it, go, go, go. Like mm-hmm. that's the thing that's going to have 
to work with him that he's going to have to work on, I think. And I think that's an easily fixable thing. I think that's a very teachable thing. Um, I don't think it's, you know, a crazy huge issue. I think he'll be able to fix it because uh, I think Kenny is, is a really tireless worker, too. Um, so I think that you're getting a really good player in Kenny. I really do. I think you're getting a, a good long-term starter in Kenny Pickett, um, and which is why he's personally my QB, two. I know he's your QB, one, and you kind of have him up there. Um, I have Malik Willis over him just because of physical traits, um, and, and that that's kind of going to be, you know, your flavor, whatever. Are you willing to bet on the physical traits? You know, Willis fits with the recent trend of, like, Mahomes, Herbert, all those guys. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. Kenny's kind of the safer option, more athletic than I think people – sometimes let on, but can work in the pocket. Um, so I think Kenny's a good player, man. I really do. And I think, you know, whatever franchise ends up getting Kenny, I think they're going to get a good value pick here. I, I really do think that they're going to get stability at that quarterback position. This is a guy that can start for 10 years to me. I, I really do feel like Kenny is going to be a really long-term starter in the NFL. That's kind of the vibes I get from him. Yeah, for sure. And I think if you want evidence as to how hard he works, I mean, go back to 2019 and 2020 and take a look at his mechanics. All right. It was rough. Right. And then he comes in in 2021, improves it, works on it over the summer. And, you know, it wasn't it still wasn't always perfect in 2021, but it got to a point where, you know, the, the bedrock things. What do you need? That front foot needs to be in the right spot. you got to get the hip rotation. And he consistently does that to the point where I'm very comfortable with him, you know, being that, you know, security uh, blanket at, at quarterback. So I, I, I love that part of his game. And as you said, I think the upside is a little underrated, still not elite, but to the point where, you know, you look at guys, you don't necessarily have to have elite athletic traits to be a successful quarterback in the NFL. And I think Pickett is well above the threshold that I would look for in a starter, right? So, you know, I, I look at that and all the things that he needs to improve can be taught, you know, just little like, hey, stand in the pocket a little bit longer. Like it's things that he he's going to be aware of, you know, with, with a QB coach in his ear, right? Like, hey, this is what you need to do. So I would love to see him kind of improve that. It's a really tough conversation between him and Willis because, you know, and I've been experimenting with a new grading scale this offseason. So I just kind of plug the numbers just for fun. You know, it's really tough because my grading scale, you know, I was trying to give physical traits a big weight, obviously, because you want guys with physical traits. You want them to develop into guys who can be game changing talents for your QB. But there's so much more to the quarterback position than athleticism and arm talent. Like it's a big, big part of it for sure. But you can't discount things like, you know, pocket presence, pocket discipline, decision making, field vision, processing, you know, and and guys like like Malik Willis. Desmond Ritter actually scored pretty well in processing for me. I was impressed with him and how he can go to progressions. You know, so I think if he can fix his mechanics, he can be a guy uh, sleeper in this class as well. With Malik Willis, I can I can definitely see him being QB one because the athleticism, the elite athleticism in open space, the elite creation capacity, the arm. He's got a rocket arm. He can generate velocity to every range. But with Malik Willis, what really scares me and what gives what gives me Pickett, gives Pickett the edge for me, is that Willis, you know, I do think getting in a better situation, you know, better surroundings in the NFL could help him. A ridge quarterback could help him. Uh, he can sit for a little bit and learn. But there are there are moments on, on film where the decision-making is really subpar, you know, rolling out to the right, cornering yourself rather, rather than throw it away, turn back inside and try and create, and then you get sacked again. You know, there's times where the field vision is very questionable for me. So, you know, I look at guys like Pickett and Ritter. They have the the quarterback traits that, you know, Willis has flashed for sure. And, you know, he, I think he can continue to grow there. But if you're looking for a guy who can help you, you know, I think the safer bet for sure. And that's the discussion in this quarterback class. Safe versus upside. That's the root of it right here. 
And I think that if you're going for a safer bet, you know, Pickett and Ritter, especially Pickett gives you that because what Ritter has going against him is the mechanics. I mean, it's it's pretty much a mess from down to down. You know, you look at where his feet are, you know, when he's in rhythm, when he, on those hot reads, those quick reads, you know, those design plays, when he's in rhythm, he can be very good. But when he has to go through his progressions, you know, and he's shown that he can do it, but it can erode pretty quickly for him. Whereas with Pickett, you know, he at least has that muscle memory where he can always snap back to his proper mechanics. So it's a tough conversation to have. And I'm very interested to see, you know, who comes away as the best quarterback in, in you know, three to five years out of this class, because I feel like you could have four or five different options. Right. But if I had to bet on a guy, you know, I'm probably betting on Pickett just because the high floor, like you said, and he's got traits. You know, it's not like he's not a Kirk Cousins type quarterback. You know, he does have the athleticism to create for himself if needed. And that's enough for me. I agree. I completely agree with that. And so last thing I kind of really want to dive into as we've kind of talked about Kenny's entire skill set here is when you look at Kenny and you look at his skill set and you look at everything, pro ready, going to fit in a lot of teams, but not every team is going to fit him uh, because he's not going to have the elite deep ball that, say, you know, Malik's going to have he's, or even Ritter. I mean, Ritter pushes the ball down the field better, even Hal does. So he's not going to, you know, appeal to teams like the Seahawks, for example, who really want to push it with DK and lock it. Um, so you're not going to see him fit as well there. But you might see him fit better with a team like Pittsburgh or New Orleans or something like that. When you kind of look at fits for Kenny, what is his best fit at the NFL level for you? Your favorite fits for him and where he might go? Yeah, and I think um, you mentioned the Saints. I, I like them as a potential fit. It's, it's tough. The, the thing with this class is it's very tough to see who's actually going to, you know, bite the bullet and take a quarterback. Because as we mentioned earlier, a lot of these teams have bridge quarterbacks that kind of, you know, not prevent them from taking a quarterback, but give you the flexibility where if you're not 100% sold on one of these guys, uh, you, you don't have to take them. You're not forced into a corner. I think that's the important thing. But if it gets to a point on the, on the board value-wise with like, hey, we don't have to trade off for this guy and we think he can be a solid starter, why not pick him? You know, I do think the Saints are a very good scheme. I, I look back to, to Mark Whipple and what he did for Pickett in that pit offense. You know, I think, you know, you, you can use deep concepts with him. You can scheme him up for sure. But I think with Pickett, you know, what what's really a bread and butter is those high percentage throws and the short and intermediate ranges, you know, sometimes drag routes, right? You know, just get him those easy completions, you know, but he does have the ball placement as well for those deep comebacks, right? You know, like he's shown that he can go back shoulder. He's shown that he can, you know, lead receivers away from contact. So just let Pickett be that distributor. And, you know, you can work defenses back to the line of scrimmage and then you can scheme in those deep shots. Right. We've seen that, you know, especially in single high looks, Pickett knows how to draw that safety aside and free up that open space. So, you know, I think you're not going to rely on the deep ball. Obviously, you're not going to push the ball 100 percent downfield, like you said. But if you can just let Pickett operate, you know, in that short and intermediate ranges, you know, let him kind of work with that. I think that's a good fit. And I look to the Saints with that West Coast system where the bedrock is those high percentage throws. That stands out as a fit to me, too. I think the lines with what they have could be a good fit. I think Amon Ross St. Brown is kind of the mold of the receiver that, you know, Pickett has had a pit, more or less. You know, he can separate for sure. But also, if Pickett's throw, like, we know he doesn't have elite velocity. And you mentioned the the windows are, you know, they close quicker in the NFL. You know, if, if his throw is kind of hanging up there a little bit, Amon Ra has the vertical ability to kind of snare it as well. So you look at him being a fit right there. You know, Josh Reynolds, DJ Chark as well. You know, I think with the Lions, they just got Ben Johnson as their offensive coordinator. So there could be an opportunity there for them to get a little more creative. I know he was a, he's been an understudy uh, under Dan Campbell for a while. So I, I am intrigued by that fit. 
and then Pittsburgh as well with Deontay Johnson. You know, I think there's a lot of opportunity for there uh, for him to have some weapons. So I think the the best fits for me probably would boil down to Pittsburgh, Detroit, and especially New Orleans. It's just a matter of who is the guy that's going to take him. Carolina is interesting because they got Ben McAdoo. Like I, I don't love any quarterback going there because. I don't think you're going to be set up for success, you know, in the long run. I think it seems kind of like a lame duck coaching situation, especially with Matt Rule. But, you know, especially with Pickett and how he fits that team, that's the only team where Sam Darnold, I mean, do you really want to roll into the season with him as your quarterback? So especially with Rule, who's kind of, you know, this is his last chance. I could see him maybe taking Pickett just because he's the safe guy who maybe helps you compete right away. Um, and, you know, they do have some weapons that I think could fit Pickett well. You know, we know DJ Moore, that really good run after catch threat, get him involved in short and intermediate ranges, let him work. Uh, but at the same time, you know, the kind of shoddy offensive line, that could be a situation where Pickett's, you know, problems with pocket poise are just exacerbated. So, you know, I look at the Saints, I look at the Steelers, I look at the Lions. Those are probably my top fits for him. Uh, but I, I hope he goes to one of those because I think that would be a good match. But we'll see what happens. I think the Saints are the best fit for him personally. I think a nice fit for him. I don't think it'll happen because they've shown no interest in him really, but the Falcons aren't a bad fit. I don't like, I don't hate him in the Arthur Smith scheme. Um, I think actually he could operate like a Tannehill in that scheme if they really yeah. wanted him to. I like that fit better than Carolina, to be quite honest with you. I don't, I don't like the Carolina fit for anybody really that because Matt rule is kind of a lame duck. As you kind of said, mm -hmm. it feels like a very transitional year. They don't really have a good offensive line. And that's probably why you hear them going tackle and probably why they end up going tackle um, in my, is my guess. So just not a, not a great fit there, but I think New Orleans is his best fit overall. All right, Ian, as always, thanks for coming on, man. Tell them where they can find your stuff, follow you, read all your stuff, do all that great stuff, man. Yes, sir. So you can find me at Ian underscore Cummings underscore nine on Twitter. Pro Football Network is at PFN365. We got live grading for the teams, so all 32 teams coming this draft, and then afterwards we'll have recaps, and then it's on to 2023. And I know a lot of pit prospects that I'm looking forward to watching in that cycle, so I'm, I'm excited to see where it goes. But first off, excited to see where Pickett lands and what he does in the future because he's had a phenomenal story leading up to this point.